everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Key Items Podcast. Today, I have with me my two co-hosts for the podcast. You can find pieces of him scattered throughout the <laughs> boss's levels, and once you assemble them all together, your holographic father from the past will tell you how to shoot a Hadouken out of your white armored suit. It's Dustin. And my second co-host, he waits at the bottom of a tower, lonely and by himself, with a weird gray club over his shoulder, wearing very heavy armor that makes him look like a strange Snorlax that lifted weights and became a rock Pokemon. It's Arnold. Hey, how's it going? And it's V, your host James. There's nothing really clever about me. (laughs) Did you get the reference I was putting out there, Arnold? Yeah. Did you? Really? It's it's Havel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of weirdly phrased, so I didn't know if anyone's going to be like, what the hell is he talking about? For a second, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? Exactly. But Um, I got it, don't you worry. (laughs) I was like, I'm sure Arnold will get it. I don't know how many other people will get it. Um, So anyway... Welcome, everyone, back to our another episode of the Key Items Podcast. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about, well, key items in gaming, both figuratively and literally. So today, we're going to do a little bit of both, actually. But before we get into that, I just want to kind of see how everyone's feeling today. It's a very, like, weird, muggy gray day in Georgia today for those of you who aren't here <laughs> so it has some of the the moods low I know it has my mood low so maybe the podcast can help out but I want to see how everyone else is doing today uh, I just like to tell the guests uh, the audience that I've been recovering from a disease not an actual disease I've just been sick for the past couple of days so please do excuse me if I cough or sneeze I'll most, I'll most likely meet myself if I have to blow my nose. If I cough, um, I apologize for that in advance. That boy has the plague. Yep. Uh, I don't know what I have, um, but hopefully I'll be... Uh, I've, it's been a very weird week. Um, but yeah, I won't go into excruciating detail on that. But um, yeah, so I think cool, it'll be okay. Cool. I am my average self, which means I'm depressed. Um <laughs> I joke, but that's life for you. That being said, I'm actually happy to be here on the podcast. So let's let's let's, let's try to help everyone's mood, including our audience. Let's try to go into some gaming news. Our updates, like on your gaming progress. Actually, you know what? No, I'm starting this off. I wanted okay. to hold off on it. However. Let's get some stuff out the way. Uh, <laughs> Grookey second form in <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield is not ugly. It's fucking ugly. No, it's weird. And you know what? <laughs> nah, all it's of ugly. their all of their transformations are fucking weird. Yeah, all they're the two other Shadow's evolutions are weird. Grookey's second evolution is ugly. 
Well, you know what? At least Grookey looks like an animal that evolved as opposed to Raboot, which basically is just a rabbit who wore a like a tracksuit, which I know is very popular in the European islands. But like, really? you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, actually, <laughs> if you ever listen to like the Let's Fight a Boss podcast, are um, the Podquisition Jim and like John, they will always mention tracksuits in their youth. And I'm always like, how many people wear tracksuits over there? Like, it's like a thing. Um, it's a thing in uh, Eastern Europe, too. It's the whole, there's like a whole subculture in Russia. About mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's like gangs of people with, with gopniks with their tracksuits. Yeah, so tracksuits are very popular in Europe. So, like, Raboot literally is just a rabbit who puts on a tracksuit. <laughs> like, it's not hey, even... Hey, man, be a hip. No, it's... It's not even like of all the evolutions. Try to release all the kids out there. It's the most basic bitch move you could pick. That being said, I have now seen Sabo's third evolution. It is both strange and mesmerizing, and kind of gonna be a meme of that thing. It is. Paola has um uh, my girl my girlfriend has sent me some of um the the artwork for it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the they've already made it a meme and it's it's <laughs> accurate. He is he is he's supposed to be a special agent Pokemon. Like even it even is you know James Bond. Yeah. His name is in um Intella Intellion. Intellion. So like intelligence. And he has a sniper move. Like, and it's so cool when he casts it because he like puts his hand over his mouth and he bends down low and he shoots the stream of water at one of his fingers. And I'm like, that's cool. He looks so strange though, but I like him. I chose a good Pokemon partner. Um, <laughs> another thing on Pokemon real quick. I know um, everyone's dying to know my Pokemon news because um, I started playing it clearly. Um, it's... Nowhere near as bad at any point in this game that I can merit people complaining about it. Like, there's nothing to... Like, you can find anything to complain about in the game, sure. But there's nothing to complain about. The quality of life is better. The game looks good. It plays great. The the gym battles are really neat. Um... Small spoiler, because I know Dustin doesn't care about spoilers, but in the gym battle, um, in one of the gym battles, um, your first three gym battles, you have to, um, instead of beating up the Pokemon, the goal is to try to catch the Pokemon before the rival trainer catches it. Yeah, I, I remember doing that. And that was so neat. Like, and, and then the wild zone... I've been in the wild zone for almost three hours just catching Pokemon. I was at one spot of grass catching Pokemon and not even catching the same Pokemon. I was just in this patch and Pokemon just kept coming out. And like, yeah, I don't know what everyone's complaining about. Um, You mean what you're telling me is that if they finally captured that feel of the Pokemon cartoon with all those weird non-battle battles. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very weird. It's very weird. Like it's it's good so far. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm also playing um 
golf story, but I'll get into that later. Let me go to actually Arnold. Any news you want to share? I got a bunch of news, so we may be here for a while. But I have some real life news for those gamers out there who use Redbox oh, to rent video games. I, I know about this actually. I've known about it for but, a while. Uh, Redbox is no longer gonna rent out games. You have until early next year to continue to rent out games. After that, they will end their game sale. Uh, is that like a financial move, or is it a DRM? Move? They're supposed to. They're just uh, attempting to focus exclusively on movies, which is, mm. in my opinion, stupid. Because there's Disney Plus, there's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's movies coming out on all those streaming services. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's uh, a financial beneficial thing for them. I don't know, man. In some places, in like more rural, rural areas, uh-huh. um, I've I've See, I've read some stuff where people are more likely just to rent out games there than movies. Well, so here's the thing, though. So that's an interesting demographic to pull from. But if we're looking at this from a company standpoint, think about your average gamer in a city. How many times, Arnold, are you wanting to go rent a game? Oh, that's different, though. I have a mentality of I like to own my own Right. A lot of gamers have that mentality, actually. Renting games was much more popular in the 90s and early 2000s. Nowadays, owning the game is more beneficial, particularly when you come to like the pre-sale culture and the hype culture like we talked about before. Like You're talking about people missing out on exclusive stuff. And a lot of these games are multiplayer long-term with friends. So like, then you're not going to be able to play with your buds. You know? You're right, but like... um. For Redbox, though, it's like only like ten or fifteen dollars to rent a game, and some people can just beat a game within like a couple days, and that's saving them like thirty or forty dollars. Well, the whole thing. but those individuals are few and far between. And for if you're looking at a company that's trying to make bank, like think of the the rights and the purchasing rights they have to have to get these games and hold them, and then think about how many people are actually renting from those boxes as opposed to renting movies. You get to be I mean? real though, I've never used Redbox, so. I have, and it's a good service. Like if you're looking for, um, it reminds, it's like going to an old Blockbuster, except without the atmosphere, the person, and the extended. <laughs> Every, everything that I actually would enjoy yes. by going to a Blockbuster. <laughs> you literally are just going, grabbing some stuff, and then you, you rent that movie for a day, you can extend it. And it's good for like those short-term rentals, but the games typically don't lend themselves to short-term rentals. Like, mm. um, I can't name a popular game right now that someone wants to rent and is available to rent um, that they could... Well, from this article I'm reading, oh, well, yeah, I don't think these games can be... Well, maybe this one, but... Two games are off. The last two games, new games are offering us Death Stranding and Jedi: The Fallen uh, Fallen Order. Death Stranding, I know for certain you can't beat in a day, unless you oh, yeah. use the whole day, and yeah. then you still won't beat the game. It's longer than twenty four hours. Um, and uh, what was the other one you said? Jedi: Fallen Order. I guess you could probably manage to beat that game. That's actually probably a pretty good purchase thing. Yeah. So, but or rental, I should rental, say. Rental, yeah. But I, I would say that 
beneficial to them as a whole is probably what they're looking for. I do understand that people in like rural areas may prefer renting games, but if you're looking at it from a pure like sustainability point from them as a company, they probably are losing money from gaming. And that's really yeah, what that's, they care about at the end. That's mm. your point. Yeah. It is kind um, of crappy though. <laughs> for those people. Uh some other news is apparently Bioshock is making yeah! a comeback. Two yeah. K announced I'm not excited. They've made yeah. a new studio called <laughs> Cloud Chamber for the next iteration of Bioshock. It's gonna come okay. out for the next generation <laughs> consoles. Yeah, how do y'all feel about that? I, I came out with a good meh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to lose some gaming cred because people consider the first Bioshock game a masterpiece. I have it, not played any Bioshock games. It's good. I don't know if it's yeah, a masterpiece. I do plan on playing the first Bioshock, though. Yeah. Do you, you know the, the whole story? I know some of it. Of, how much do um, you know? Don't spoil it. Oh, well, well that's fortunately, I, I already know the ending then, of it. Then don't, you don't need to play it. Like, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to shit on Bioshock or people who like Bioshock, because I, I agree it's a good game. The point, the whole, the thing that makes that game a masterpiece, in my opinion, is the plot. Like, the, the yeah, whole... It is. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's not a bad game anyway, but no, what yeah. really makes it great is the, the story of the plot. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I would argue that if you're looking for the best form of the gameplay in it, you may want to play Infinite. The story is probably not as good as one. Although I've heard Infinite's pretty good too. I haven't played it myself. I heard Infinite does some things well and handles other things poorly. That's but funny. I have that's heard funny. this from people mostly who are not of my demographic. So I don't know which one is true or not because everyone knows that Bioshock Infinite deals a lot with racism and segregation and most of the people I've heard to make comments on it are um, typically from more dominant like Caucasian areas. Mm. So and, maybe it's maybe they don't like how woke the game is. Well, no, no, no. They woke. like how woke it is, but some people say that it doesn't handle it well, and then some mm. people say it handles it great. And I'm kind of like, maybe I'm better suited to see if that handles it well. <laughs> but I'm, I, I wouldn't it's be possible. I wouldn't be the representative for it. I just haven't heard anyone of color <clears throat> speak about this game in any light, really. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, and my last bit of gaming news is really short. Is Minecraft is finally going to have PS4 mm-hmm. crossplay platform, uh, crossplay uh, support. Ooh. Now that you brought that up, Arnold, can we all take a moment and talk about how Sony is really late to this game? Like the whole cross platform thing? Because. Yeah. Sony. Pretty much Internet Explorer. Of the browsers, it 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 is. So here's the here's the thing about Sony that's always bothered me about Sony. Sony is known, and I've heard this said a few times by people um, who have more experience in the gaming world than me. Um, that PlayStation is like the everyman system, right? Like it's it's generic, not in a negative right. way. Generic. It's just like if you were to pick six gamers, put them in a room, probably four out of six of those gamers have a PlayStation system. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they tailor themselves directly to be general. Like, if you even look at the boxes and the design of everything, if you look at your PlayStation from the very first PlayStation ever made and you just put them all next to each other, they are all flat boxes. Like, with the exception of the PS3 kind of being that weird pregnant shape. That's the most disgusting and weird way I can put it. But, like, <laughs> like they're all kind of flat boxes and they're all kind of gray and black, you know? Sure. And... The hardware is good. I can never doubt the hardware in a in a um, PlayStation system, but Sony as an overall company, they're kind of shit. Like you know, they don't want to share anything with anybody, and by share, I don't mean their IPs. Um, we can have debates all day about should a company share their IPs or not, but they they don't seem to like to do the cross platforming a lot. I think the exceptions have been um, Final Fantasy um, 14, um, and I remember when like Fortnite, there was this whole issue with Fortnite, right, where mm-hmm. they wouldn't let people do the cross-platforming. So it feels to me like it's one of those too little, too late things. Like everyone's kind of marked Sony as like that guy. Yeah, the guy who's like, I don't know, I'm too good to sit at you guys' table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, though, Arnold? No, I agree. I think Sony is is pretty late to the cross support, cross play support. That's something they should have added a long time ago. But you know, it's the company that wants to do it. Yeah. Um, something I've always been wondered about is the. I mean, I've never played one to go. Oh yeah, now it makes sense. But how do you play my like? How do you play it on a console? Like I don't. Arnold may be better at answering that than me. Because I'm like used to the PC interface, and I'm like. You mean Minecraft? Yeah. It's pretty weird. The menu layout is strange. I can't even explain it. It's that weird. <laughs> okay. You, you'd have to see a picture of it to understand. Okay. But is it is it like pretty accessible though? If you're jumping from PC to PC Minecraft to PS4 Minecraft, it's actually kind of jarring. How the menus and items and crafting a setup is weird. I can see it being less smooth. Um, But I don't know if that's worse or better for some people. It's weird because, for instance, they have like the Dragon... Quest Builders games that do really well on the consoles, but they're designed for that. So, yeah, I don't know how big the Minecraft scene is on consoles. Um, I don't know. I think it's an interesting move, particularly at nearing the end of the PS4's lifespan. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I wonder if they're trying to grab in the quote-unquote casual interest before the PS5 comes out. Like, could be. That sounds like a good theory. Keep like, that on the head. Yeah, like they could they could be doing that to like just kind of um, scounge up some people and be like, hey, how about you leave the Switch and come over here? And then the person looks up from their Switch, 
with their red shot eyes after they've been playing <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Houses all day, and they say, "Who are you?" <laughs> and then they look back down. Um, I mean, clearly those aren't the casual gamers. Then <laughs> I don't believe in cat. You know what I actually think of as a casual gamer? This is my definition of a casual gamer. A casual game, and I because I don't think casual gamer is a derogatory term. Um, I think a casual gamer is a person who only plays like a few forms of a game and then speaks with authority about all games. That's what I think is a casual gamer. Basically an asshole. Like I don't think <laughs> I don't think if you jump into games and you play for instance, I don't think of my girlfriend as a casual gamer. I think she's a gamer, just plain and simple. Um, and I Is she a gamer or a girl gamer? I don't. What? Um, <laughs> she uh, is a woman who plays games. Um, like, uh, like it's just yeah. what that a gamer is a collective term. If you feel the need to describe yourself via your gender or race in gaming, feel free. But like gamer is what you are um and it's i feel gamers should be chosen as a catch-all in general but if you feel the need to define yourself through it there needs to be a reason like if you're gonna say mm. i'm a black gamer come at me for why you distinguish that fact what does that mean for you and i will gladly communicate that back to you when you want me to but don't be claiming that crap just for the funsies um, I know Arnold's clearly memeing, but like, um, I take gaming kind of seriously. It's why I do a lot of research. It's why I have this podcast going, um, my, my second one, for those of you who may not know, um, and kind of why I look at gaming from the development side and I have my ideas for gaming development, stuff like that, because gaming is... It is both an individual and a collective thing. And I, at a point in time, I actually use the term casual gamer and hardcore gamer, but I'm fully open to admitting it was when I was a stupid boy in the same stage saying that Sony was my god. You know? Um, how, the time, how the times have changed. Goodness, yes. Now I don't worship anybody, uh, and I trust no one, even though right now Nintendo takes most of my money, but that's because Nintendo has given me pretty much nothing but good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's always interesting to me to see how different companies try to work on different things um, down the line. But yeah, good news, Arnold. Um, sent us into a different area, but I found it interesting. Um Dustin, do you got any news into the nerd world? Um, uh, good question. Um, <laughs> I've got a little bit of comic news. Um, seems that, uh, that, uh, apparently one of the big things going on with, uh, I'm sorry, as I say, uh, for 15 different times, uh, with, <laughs> there we go again, with Marvel right now is doing some dab with like the negative zone apparently there's a current crossover event involving fantastic four as they try to probably uh drum up some new interest in fantastic four now that they can make a movie with them eventually <laughs> um 
um, some stuff with uh, tying off of Annihilation, and um, which has been left alone for a while. Now they're bringing that back a little. Um, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm kind of curious, but I haven't kept up with comics very well lately. Um, the other thing is too, and this I'll, I'll tag this with some spoilers. So if you are reading Batman or somewhat keeping up with Batman, um, then you know cover your ears for a few minutes. But apparently, like um, James and I were talking about, started to talk about this a little bit, and we decided to save uh, save it for the podcast. Um, we're talking about gadgetry in Batman as a possible episode topic in the future. And what that reminded me of is apparently there's an arc going on that they've been working on where they, um, and of course, death in comics is probably an episode in, its, in itself. Because <laughs> yeah. It's so, so, <laughs> so inconsistent. But um, presently, Alfred Pennyworth is dead in the comics. Huh. Um, oh, I don't know. And um, his replacement has been loose. Is Fox, who's also the CEO of Wayne what? Enterprises, and uh, Lucius Fox apparently is uh, working himself to to bad states of health because he still tries to do both jobs, um, both operating Wayne Enterprises and also being Alfred, and so that's kind of setting the way for uh, for his son, who's another recurring character. I think he's Batwing, yeah, um, yeah to yeah, maybe be the new to be the new Alfred instead, so that he doesn't have to do both things. That's weird. Um, but part of it, that is, too, apparently they're doing a lot with gadgets right now because, you know, it's Lucius Fox. Yeah. It's kind of his, his thing. And so Batman often apparently has new gadgets to play with. Huh. I don't know how I feel about any of that. Um, yeah, I don't know about that either. But I like my Alfred. I like my Lucius Fox, but he could have stayed making gadgets. I wonder if that's some influence from the uh, Dark the Knight movies, movies, even yeah. though they're kind of old. Could be. Um, Definitely could be. It could be DC trying to play around with some new stuff. Um, also in comic news, um, another series that I read and shouldn't jump. <laughs> Did it get canceled? Um, yeah, there was, um, this one I wasn't super, super like passionate about, but I was reading Tokyo Shinobi Squad, which is like Cyberpunk Nardo, and it, didn't, it finished up. It finished up already? Yeah, apparently, I guess its ratings weren't very good. You can't, you can't have two Nardos running at the same time, I suppose. I'll admit, I'd rather read that over Boruto. Um, I, I would too. It was actually, yeah. I, no offense to anyone who likes Boruto, but I actually all the offense to you who watches the Boruto. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I actually do enjoy Tokyo Shinobi Squad a little bit more than it. It's it's much um, better, even if it is a ripoff. It is definitely a ripoff. Good grief, is it a ripoff? But it was an enjoyable ripoff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it um it had its last chapter this past week. Huh. I guess I'll read it. If it well, no, I'm going to start up on Fairy Tale again. Speaking of manga, Arnold. Yes. Arnold's been sending me a lot of pictures of certain manga. Arnold, you want to you want to do the plug? Do the plug. Do the plug. Do the plug. I've been reading Dragon Ball. <laughs> hey, da! Hey, Chela! <laughs> um. Yeah. Would you like to know where I am? Yeah, where are you? I've just started. I just met Cell. Jesus Christ! <laughs> really? Technically, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of past that. I'm at the. Um, Holy fucking shit! It's you meet Cell, and then after you meet Cell, you go back to the android, the three androids. 
17, and then 18, he's hunting 16. the androids. Okay, so for everyone, that's a good arc in the in the. So for yeah, everyone really who heard me in. scream, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you may not understand this. I have been trying to get the young folks to read Dragon Ball for a good half of a decade. And Arnold just started it like, what, last week? This bitch? Uh, I think it was like a week and a half ago. A week and a half that, Yeah, <laughs> a week and a half ago. This bitch is already on sale. So, you didn't even mention that you finished Dragon Ball proper. Like, you what? know. That's the finished Dragon Ball? No, 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 no. You finished. When I mean Dragon Ball proper, again, remember that the anime separates them into things. So, when I say Dragon Ball proper, I refer to Goku up until he... Oh, as a kid. As a kid yeah. until he's okay. in his early Until, until Raditz arrives, okay. which is the start of Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That's when there's Demon Piccolo Jr. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus. You know, I actually don't like that bit. Oh, you don't like the Piccolo saga? Just when he's fighting and he's like, no, I got this. I'm like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> That's so stupid. Why the fuck would you fight him by yourself? You're about to die. Well, it is good. <laughs> there is no floor. <laughs> what do you mean? There, I'm being wrung out. <laughs> the floor is gone. <laughs> that Jeez is a pretty Christ. intense part. So, here's also, the... sadly, despite how good that fight is with Tien, he never is that cool again. Nope. Well, I'm sure he's at that point now, really. Um, I was going to say, now that you've read the Saiyan saga, <coughs> you have got to look at that scene between Vegeta and Goku in anime form. Because it's amazing. And, by the way, now that, now that I've gotten you... Into the crack that is Dragon Ball. You, have you heard about that new video game coming out? Named Kakarot? No, I'm not. It's a new video game coming out named Kakarot. I think it's coming out on PS4, PC, and um, Xbox One. Probably will get ported to the Switch at some point. Um, Almost certainly. It is basically the entire story of Dragon Ball Z, the one you're reading when it started with the Saiyan Saga, in glorious anime cel-shaded art, um, point for point, and it looks glorious. I will send you a trailer after this. It's so good, I'm thinking about getting it on sale, of course. But, like... Um, not not on the villain, but on itself. No, I was just saying. <laughs> um, but it is a glorious game. You will probably be interested in it. Anyone who likes Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, will be interested in it. Even if you don't, and you and you like to think that you're above the anime, which no human really is, and um, you could play the game and live out all the stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Mm. But I'm glad to see that you're enjoying it. Clearly, you got to sell. Can you tell uh, tell us your favorite villain so far out of all the arcs? Probably sell right now. <laughs> yeah, most people like sell. Um, he's not my favorite, but but I did like um 
Nah, I, I guess I don't like it, but I find it interesting. Um, I'm guessing this Mewtwo is based off Frieza's final evolution or something. Because <laughs> those motherfuckers look similar. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you just ask Ketchum one day, he picks up a weird-looking ball. I choose you! Fucking Frieza pops up. What the <laughs> fuck? Where he am says, I? the door, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the Super uh, Saiyans? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, Pikachu, use Thunderbolt! <laughs> Pikachu's like, Pika, no. Pika, no. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that. I have artwork of Super Saiyan Goku shooting Kamehameha at, Pik- at Pikachu and Frieza shooting a ball of energy at Mewtwo, who's about to shoot a ball of energy at him. It is some oh, of my very that. first artwork that I got from AWA way back when. Um, yeah, but very happy that you're enjoying it. Um, I did have to stop reading it because I was reading it too bit fast. And well, you might as well right. finish. You got one arc left. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you blazed through it. Well, uh, I can't lie to you. You technically have a whole other Dragon Ball manga you can read. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh, is so, that the new one, though? Yeah. Super is like the Super manga, for the record. Like, has finally gotten legs to me now that it's not following the anime anymore and it's doing its own arc. But how many chapters is that in? Um, not as many as you would think. It's just okay. that they're longer chapters because it's a monthly series. Yeah, I. I can't say it's bad. I don't like it. I watched the anime and it was alright. Um, there were some legit hype moments in the anime of Super that I enjoyed. But it was... You may be a better discerning factor, Arnold. Because me and Dustin have been in the series for literally so decades. So, like... For me, I just want them to let Akira Toriyama die in peace. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people who do like Dragon Ball really like, or they don't really like it. They enjoy Super. Mm-hmm. I, for one, am kind of like, eh, about it. Like, I don't know, man. If an anime is good, and if it only has one season, they should just take a page out of the Cowboy Bebop. You can never Cowboy Bebop Dragon Ball. And just leave it like that. You can never cap with about Dragon Ball. Hey, y'all reminded me. I got another piece of news. Oh, yeah? So Fighter Z has confirmed for us that our fighters, however you pronounce that, has confirmed that after the whole incident with Vic Mignogna, uh that Johnny Young Bosk, who voiced uh, oh, yeah, several yeah. other characters, including uh, Ichigo Kurosaki back in the day, and um, Lelouch Lamperouge and and Kogias and he was the he was the second Black Power Ranger. Yeah. yeah. Um he was also Vash Stampede. He was in a lot of different parts, but he's apparently the new voice actor for Broly. Mm-hmm. Um, he has Vic's blessing. I don't um, know who that is. I did not know that is, part. Is he seems a... like a nice guy. Like he seems like well, a pretty Broly for I think Arnold was asking about who Broly is in the movies, so you won't know him in the yeah. anime. I in mean, fact in he was sorry. Alright, to oh. be really nerdy for a second, he the movies aren't re- weren't really ever considered canon until right. Akira Toriyama started writing them directly in Super Times, mm-hmm. and that's actually what kind of started the new wave of like new Dragon Ball content. Is they made a movie that Akira Toriyama helped write, 
and then it started it led to like another movie and then another cv series and got out of control yeah um broly is he's to some people's taste he's better now i don't care either way um he is essentially a a nuclear warhead with legs he is um he's just a big angry boy like he that's literally he, he's he the saiyan incredible hulk basically except yes. without another form um and he he is i don't like him oh is he that big buff guy yes mm-hmm. he is essentially what people make fun of that dragon ball z is <laughs> like he is everything that the show is stereotyped as he starts off kind of small he gets really big he hits things Things explode. He yells a lot. Like, that... And even his newly developed character doesn't have much character, to, in my opinion. Yeah. I like how when I typed in Brawly Dragon Ball Super, the first thing that comes up is figurines for Android number 18. <laughs> well... People know what they want, I guess. People like to be <laughs> stepped on, Arnold. I just typed up the guy's name. But Android 18 pops. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, now I see. I see who <laughs> this guy is. Um, His face looks like Goku's face. Yes. Akira Toriyama. As much as I love his art style, he does have his a little bit. His faces are all the same, but everything else is different. He draws yeah. a lot of the faces. He actually, stuff. yeah, that's a good point. That would actually be a good theme for an episode to some degree. Bro, if he just well, made more capsule stuff that um, looked like bubbles, I don't care. Well, see, here's the thing. People only put um, Akira Toriyama's work in the Dragon Ball series. He does multiple mangas, and he does the entire artwork for all of Dragon Quest. And if you look I know at, that. And if you look at the Dragon Quest games, they don't all look like they're in the same world. So, like... He does some really good work, um, and he can really design characters that look different because he has a static face for his characters. People tend to like just like all go, "Oh, that's the Kiritoriyama artwork." But if you notice something, that's not abnormal to a lot of famous mangaka. Oda is the exact same way. Given Oda has not written anything else, really, but like, um, no time. That's the more One Piece chapters. Mm-hmm. Oda's no, the yeah, One Piece guy, one piece but guy. if you look at Fairy Tale, um, Rave Master, and the other manga that the mangaka created, I don't know the name yet. All the characters basically look the same. Like they all have the same face. They just have different hair. Yeah, um, actually. On that note, it's um, that's what I was going to say. Is I think there's probably something to be said, maybe in an episode if we'd ever talk about character design on how those artists do their designs, emphasize the um, the clothing yes. and hairstyle to as a way of Di- giving differentiating characters. their characters. You get their personalities from their bodies and their hair, as opposed to their like their face, um, which is a little bit different from the artist who does hunter hunter and you hawk show um mm-hmm. but so yeah um good to know though you are getting into the dragon ball train um i'll make my news a little short then i have a lot of it um but resident evil 3 is getting a remake everyone kind of saw that coming yeah. um after the success of one and two's remake um 
this was told last week. I had it written down um, if we had recorded it earlier. But Riot is paying $10 million in harassment settlements to women workers. Um, Riot Games, everyone knows, is the people who run League of Legends. And they had some very naughty young people in their workforce who mistreated their women employees. And they're paying $10 million for it. Um, I feel no negative feelings about them having to pay that much money because don't be jackasses. Um, simple as that. Um, Nintendo Switch is coming to China. Yeah. Via Tencent. And you know who's, uh, yeah, Tencent Uh again. Tencent has, um, made a deal with Nintendo to release the Switch in China. I don't feel negatively towards this, but I feel weird about this because it's yeah. ten cent. Um, you know, um, I, I, I won't say that. That sounds a little bit problematic. <laughs> it, <laughs> I was going to say I, I, I kind of expect like knockoff, uh, knockoff switches. Oh no, they, they they won't do that because if it's something that's being done for the people of China through a Chinese company. The Chinese government will not allow that stuff to happen because they've already like fined a large amount of money to another company from in China for making some kind of like video game without permission. Huh? Like, I did not they know. That. So they're getting a little bit better about that. Um, well, it's it's because it's the Chinese government for Chinese products. I don't know how uh, it would be. So if it was, like, but like. Yeah, I I knew that I knew that Tencent worked with Nintendo, and I guess this is part of what they're really doing. But and it's not like you know, there's may there's probably no nefarity in it. This is just business. But yeah, it's just weird because it's Tencent, and Tencent has its hands in like a lot of gaming across the world. Um, it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, League of Legends is closing Clash again. Um, Clash is the the team based. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the team-based um, five-person mode that they keep trying to bring up. It's basically like making your own little league team with your friends. And, um, yeah, they are closing it. Um, again, because Riot can't do nothing right. Yeah, they, they, they d- designed it poorly again. There's been reports about people playing with friends is having issues. It's not registering correctly. It's locking people in. It's like... It's a lot of issues. It's it's right. It's so strange. Why is it like it doesn't seem like it should be that different from regular? It's it's Riot Games. They don't know I what guess. they're doing. I mean, I don't know, man. They could have just had set it back to when they had five v five rank. Yeah, but uh, I I thought I made this clear at the beginning. It's Riot Games. <laughs> <laughs> like um, as much as I played League of Legends, it was League of Legends was not a perfectly designed game. And um, update for people who may care about my life. I'm not playing League of Legends anymore um, for various reasons. But one of them is that the game is just poorly designed and I'm tired of playing it. It makes me angry and my stress levels peak out. So a video game should be a de-stressor, not a stressor. Or if it is a stressor, I'd rather be sweating buckets about my golf shot when I'm about to putt at the okay, car. Yeah. And golf stores. Positive stress. Yes. Um, positive stress is what I need in my life. Because League of Legends is shit stress. Um, the main reason I only played that game was when I played it with friends. 
and even that can lead to negative communications. So why would I do that to myself? Um, I have nothing to prove. I've been playing games longer than most people I know. So like, whatever. Um, and final news is CrossCode is being delayed again. Um, um, I'm not bitter at all about CrossCode no. not coming to the oh Switch when they told me it was coming out. Has some skepticism about your lack of bitterness thing. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to pee on the the hardships of the developers any more than I've already complained about in a non-public setting. Um, <laughs> I get it, I guess. I'm just not happy about it because they keep quiet for so long. And they say nothing until the end of the year. Um, And I know it's hard. I know they're working hard. I'm sure they have plenty of fans that bug them. So I'm not going to be another one. I just really hope it comes out by at least February next year. I really want to play CrossCode. I have been... It's on sale all the time online. And I don't buy it on the PC because I want to play it on my Switch. That is a Switch game. I know they made an HTML. I know they made it for the PC. I know blah, 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 blah. that is a Switch game, buddy. Um, <laughs> they even have said that it's inspired by NES and Super Nintendo games. It's a Switch game, buddy. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving along. Um, I guess we kind of gave our gaming updates. Like everyone, I'm playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. I have Sword. It's great. Farfetch'd is way too cool. Surfetch'd? To be... I haven't seen Surfetch'd yet, but I caught a Farfetch'd. Those motherfuckers look dope as shit. <laughs> like, they shouldn't look that cool. It's a Farfetch'd. They are meant to be losers. But... What? Didn't you... Didn't you, you tell me this a trade originally? Yeah, originally you're gifted by some old weird man in a house, and, and he's, he's like the only one who has Farfetch. He's like, hey game. kid, you want to have what's in my Pokeball? And you're like, dude, I don't even know your name. Take it. And you're like, okay, I'm calling the cops. But I mean, it's better than that guy who's like, hey, you want this amazing magic carp for five hundred dollars? Oh, that little sucker, if you. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a ball kick option in the new Pokemon games. He's like, hey kid. Actually, you know what though? There are people in Pokemon have gotten more arrogant as the games have gone on. I'm peddling, just minding my little pokey business in the desert. And this woman says, hey, I'm rich and I'm overpowered. You want to battle me? And I'm like, turning around. I'm like, ma'am. I'm like, what, 14 years old? I don't want to fight you. She's like, I'm cool. Fight me. And I'm like, all right. And then we go into battle, and I systematically beat the shit out of all her Pokemon. And I'm like, I'm glad you're rich. Because I'm taking half your money. Because you ain't going to win any Pokemon. <laughs> you ain't going to win no Pokemon battles. We're going to that mansion you got. Um, but yeah, I'm playing Pokemon Sword. It's great. I bet she buys Revolver Herbs and not Max Fives. That's such an odd Pokemon diss. <laughs> That's why her Pokemon didn't even like her. Um, Better ass Pokemon. Jesus. 
of all these flavors you chose to be bitter um i was going to say um, i was going to say that gosh i'm laughing about cough again (laughs) feel free let out those organs you don't need them um also playing golf story that game is fun and weird like that's a weird fucking golf game but it's fun it's fun um so you know, I got I gotta address oh. something real quick. Oh, go ahead. Last week when we when uh, I said I'm excited to play the new Monster Hunter thing. Two days after that, I canceled my PlayStation Plus subscription. <laughs> Jesus, why? Uh, cause I've realized, am I really gonna play the PlayStation just for Monster Hunter World? Cause I have not even touched that thing. I legit. I mean, aside from watching YouTube, obviously on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not played any of my PS4 games in the past almost three months. Well, I'll probably get it again. I just won't have it for this month, most likely. I'm not defending PlayStation ever, but I will say, like, I think the thing is, though, with the PlayStation, it's just that kind of system, isn't it? It's the system that you play, like, six solid games on, and then you probably don't play anything else. Like, I don't know anyone with the PlayStation that can say they've played over 10 solid games on it. Because I, Jesus Christ, Mike, I can't even, I got God of War, I did not finish it. Not that I wasn't interested in anything, I just got bored playing it after a while. I think a lot of PlayStation games survive off hype, though. I don't think they're perfectly designed games. I think they go off their graphical fidelity and the hype train. And don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think PlayStation games are bad. I just don't think they are. Unless you're like a JRPG player person, they're not offering a lot to you. Like Yeah, I think the legit last game that I played and I've beaten for like real fun. Mm-hmm. Aside for I can't say Monster Hunter because that game technically never ends. Uh, is Horizon Zero Dawn? And that game is kind of like a cookie cutter of other well-designed things, but it's still a good game. And that's um, a pretty good game. It's like, a good game. I actually kind of want to. Um, honestly, you know how Uncharted. I'm sorry for getting getting off topic. No, no, no. Let me just go on this tangent real quick. No, no, no. I go on tangent. Um, <laughs> have you played the Uncharted? James? Yes, I played almost all of them. I don't think I played four, and I think I only played a little bit of three. But I was uh, yeah, bored I by then. I didn't play four, but the thing I enjoyed about the Uncharted games is that like it kind of felt like you were also in the movie. That's why most people play them. <laughs> um, and Horizon, um, Horizon almost gives me that same vibe. Uh huh. Um, which is why I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, other games I've purchased on it, I have not completed. I just stopped playing it. Yeah, I actually wanted to get more into that at some point about like revisiting the hype talk because I don't think we talked enough about that. Like, I feel a lot of these games they go based off of this one thing, this one gimmick that they have, and then it kind of falls off. And unless you have like. I want to say an addictive personality, but a personality that likes the repetition that's posted in these big AAA games like um, Tomb Raider games and the Assassin's Creed games and stuff like that. There's not a lot offered that's longevity in the PlayStation. 
Yeah, like, I bought that Assassin's Creed game when you're like in London times. Yeah. I don't beat that game either. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like, I can't say that the PlayStation 4 is a bad system, but I can say that over time, like, there was a time where I had none of the next-gen systems. I didn't have PS4, I didn't have Xbox, Xbox One, and I didn't have a Switch. And I wanted, out of all of them, mentally, at first was the PS4, but that was only to play Persona 5. I got the Switch because I, I, I really wanted to play like Breath of the Wild. And ever since I've gotten the Switch, there have been nothing but releases after releases, both in the indie area and the big AAA areas, that I want of these games. Oh, man. Um, You're right. Wargroove just got like a big update, I think. Right. And it's like, outside of PC, maybe, the Sony... The Sony system doesn't last forever as far as like quality gaming for long term use. Um, and that's almost any Sony system outside of the PS2. Um, to be fair, though, it's not just a gaming system nowadays, it's more true. of a home entertainment system. And, and that's kind of what Sony's aiming for. Yeah, um, for that whole like, you can watch movies, you can stream. I, th- I think it still has a Blu-ray uh, reader. Mm-hmm. I have literally played all of my Switch games and beaten every single one of them. And I still have content on them to go back to. <laughs> I don't think I have a single Switch game I've beaten that I couldn't go back and do something different or more in. And these are games I've been playing for like 60 hours plus. So, on average. So, like... Yeah, the graphics may not have... I may not be able to see hair follicles, but I don't care. <laughs> um, Just wait till next year when they launch out the new expensive Switch. Yeah, yeah. See, if they brought Persona 5 to the Switch, I'd be set. Well, the new Tales game is coming out, too. Um, but it'll be on PC. Are you telling me if the new Bioshock game comes out on Switch, you'd buy it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like Bioshock like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad series. I just don't care for it that much. Um, but yeah, no. Feel free to go on tangents. This is what this podcast for. So, you guys want to get into the armory. Um, this... Uh, this is an episode where, where the news took a long time. Yeah, the news took a while, but I think that was fun. That was fun. Uh, we had a lot of news building up. Um, a lot of discussion related. To yeah, related to the news. So, for today's topic, it's we're going to discuss an item, a key item that's present in a lot of games, actually, almost all games that you play. Um, basically, we're just talking about armor in video games. And this is in the context of however your brain is imagining it, dear listener. So... Yeah, this is actually more of a varied topic. I think we can come at this from different angles. Who would like to take the gauntlet first? Huh, look at that gauntlet. Armor puns. Armor puns. I'm sorry if any of this grieves you all when I'm doing the armor puns. Oh, God. (laughs) It's so bad. 
So who would like to start out first? Or where their thoughts are with armor and video games? I just find it amazing <laughs> in certain games. Okay. That's like, you're just like, I just think <laughs> armor in games is amazing. Well, no, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh-huh. Well, I can second that opinion, but go ahead. <laughs> um, in some, you know, in some games or genre, armor is like covering everything, but like, oh, look, my stomach is exposed. Are but you? I from... definitely. Get... Okay, what? sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I should clarify, like more female armor. Yeah, that's also going to. It's like, oh man, I got shoulder pads. I got like armor on my arms. But oh man. <laughs> My belly button's exposed. Hope I don't get stabbed there. Not like I have any important organs there. Anymore. But I got a hundred percent armor rating. Let's go. <laughs> Man, That's I have a, a I have a character with a armor set on uh, Monster Hunter World that just has like no 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 covering on the like side of the legs, and I'm like, why? I <laughs> I will say. Man, have you seen them fall down from cliffs? Ain't no falling damage they take. <laughs> it's a strong ass legs. I'm pretty sure characters in Hunter don't really need that much armor anyway, considering the kind of weapons they swing around. And I know there is fall damage, because you could uh, trip monsters over some cliffs, and they'll take some fucking damage. (laughs) No, not you, the superhuman, hunting these weak, feeble creatures. Nope, I'm gonna just. Oh man, I'm gonna drop on my knees. They got super sponges in them. Man, you know what? for some reason, I just all I could think of was some one of those crazy monster hunters like jumping off the cliff after Anjanath and like throwing out an like an elbow drop or something. <laughs> <laughs> they just come up. The people's elbow greets thee and just <laughs> smashes Anjanath's entire skull inside out. Like, but on that note, though, okay, so you two both raise some really funny things because this happens a lot in the fantasy games and stuff like that when it comes to armor. And I really do find that really stupid. Like, it's just, that's the best way you can say it. Like, um, there's exceptions because you clearly put on armor on your characters in traditional JRPGs. But your clothing typically doesn't change. Um, unless you count Dragon Age, I mean, not Dragon Age, Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch. But like the clothing, or Dragon Age Eight, where the the uh, the princess. Oh, and Dragon and Dragon Quest Eight. Yeah, her armor changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon Quest, like Dragon Dragon Quest, like (laughs) games will typically like your armor just kind of maintains what it is, whatever you're wearing, and. Oh man, this mithril chain looks like a jacket. Yeah, thank God. And I was going to say actually that like. I don't. I don't know why that's still a thing. Oh like, yeah, get... question. Do you guys actually? Would you prefer your character just to look the same when you have different equipment, or would you actually like to see your equipment change? Does that matter to you? I would like the option to toggle it. I like the toggle option too. The one of the things that I loved about the uh, Star Wars MMO Swotor was mm-hmm. uh, not Swotor. Um, yeah, Swotor. Yeah, Swotor was the MMO. Kotor was the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kotor was the original, the OG Star Wars RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Swotor had the option to toggle helmets or hats. Hey, must understand that does because that Because some of the helmets were, were garbage. <laughs> like, was, they were just not good. I was going to say that in, a, again, I'm 
I'm shooting this, blowing this thing's horn. Um, Dragon Quest on the Switch allows you to toggle whatever outfit you get, including the unlockable outfits, the special outfits, but your armor can be upgraded no matter what. There are very few exceptions to this rule, but if you have the armor to get the costume change, but you find better armor than that, you can still wear the costume. So for instance, um, near the end of the game, I was able to get some really, really badass looking armor for a lot of my characters. And one of my characters, she had the option to wear like um, this Cinderella looking outfit. She was my healer. And I found some really good armor for her, but I wanted her to look fabulous in our final battle. We were all looking fabulous. Everybody was looking great. So, like, it had to be a fabulous team. And so, like, I wanted her to keep that on, but you can toggle that on. And, for instance, there was some armor that looked pretty cool. It was called the Warrior Princess armor for a character named Jade. And it looked really neat, but it wasn't as cool as this um, previous armor I got of hers. It was kind of like the samurai armor. Um, It fit her personality more because she kind of wore, like, the kind of midriff, like, um, leg-exposed type clothing because she was a martial artist. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Warrior Princess outfit was much more like a ball gown almost. And it was cool looking, but I was like, she can't move around in that. Like, I want her to, <laughs> like, wear something that, like, fits for her character, at least to me. Uh, you know, make her wear what you want. But, like, I like that option to be able to go in between um what your character wears um like i had another character i won't say who this person was but i had them dressed in a dapper outfit um is that who i think it is uh no i'm talking about oh you you mean with dragon quest yeah. No, it's not. It's not Salvando. He still did wear that same outfit though that you saw him in when I first started the game. I kept that uh, outfit oh. on him all the way to the end of the game. That's the dopest shit. It ever was seen. pretty awesome. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Salvando is the boy. Um, he, yeah, everyone was looking good near the end of the game, and it. I like that. I like that option. If that's what you're asking, Arnold, to be able to toggle in and out. I don't. I don't want to keep my default armor on throughout the whole game mm-hmm. unless yeah. I'm playing a game that's supposed to be a stylized JRPG kind of thing where like yeah. I'm used to that. Or as we mentioned earlier, the like, the outfit kind of like makes the characters yes. in some ways. Yes. Oh, and you know what? Since we're kind of on that, there are armors that like aren't really replaceable uh, for some characters. So, coming into, like, Master Chief, um, mm-hmm. Samus from Metroid, um, Mega Man. These, I mean, Samus kind of... Her armor does change. Yeah, it does kind but, of change. But it, it goes to a final product. It, yeah, and when you see yeah. her, you either get her in her, um, her Super Metroid iconic armor, or her Prime armor, or you get her in her Zero Suit. Yeah. Because... Sometimes people like Samus without her armor now. Or you get your weird-ass parasite armor from Fusion. You know, but parasite even the awesome. Fusion suit, the one from uh, from Fusion, um, still had that iconic kind of Samus-y design, even though it was like 
you know, an yes. entirely different platform. It was mm. a slimmed down, sleek look. It was um, a little bit like a hybrid between Samus and her regular armor in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Like, I... But I would say, if we're looking at it from a game... Always reminds me a little bit of Venom for some reason. Like, the Venom from Spider-Man. Like, the symbiotes. Well, it kind of is. It's basically mm-hmm. what it is. Um, so, kind of going back to what you guys were saying about, like, the revealing of it. Of armor... Do you think armor in games, when used in that way, so if you're playing a game, does it take you out of kind of the experience for your armor? Like if you're playing a female character, like in an MMO, because that's where most of this comes from. Like MMOs are where your armor scantily get are Western games, you know. Um, do you feel it takes you out when your character wears a certain type of armor and it just doesn't look right? I mean, like, immersion-wise? Immersion-wise, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I would say 9 out of 10 times, yeah, it does. The only time where it makes sense is, like, oh, someone's playing, like, a Berserker class thing where, okay, they're not really supposed to be wearing that much armor. Yeah. To begin with. I mean, that, that I, can go, I can go down with. But, like, oh, man, this is a Paladin, heavily high-leveled, god-tier. Oh, yes. Then no armor there, though. Nothing there. Only, only, only the skin. I'm like, okay, that, that's kind of it. Eh. You know who makes a really good, interesting argument around that, or at least who subverts and also joins in with the status quo of that armor? Who? Ur- Urza Scarlet from yeah. Fairy Tale. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, she. She wears both the heavy armor and the revealing armor. It doesn't she isn't her whole like power set basically like yeah she could switch out drove changes yeah. she basically has all the armor in the game her power is cosplay her power is cosplay <laughs> yes uh, that, that she made... can quick change real quick yeah yeah she can quick change real like that's her speciality like um like is quick changing through armor and I always found that cool when I was younger and reading um. Fairy tale. I thought that was neat that this there's this female character, and for the most part, she's like, um, when she's introduced, she's like one of the strongest people in the guild. Um, you know, what's and- interesting too is that that power you wouldn't consider like, oh man, she's like a super high rank power. You know, it's right. not like shooting out lasers or anything. It's just quick changing into different sets of armor. But she's but- like one of the highest ranking members. Right, because it's how she uses her armor, and it's what her armor can do. Like, because... It's got like, a lot of versatility. Yeah, yeah, a lot of versatility, but also the fact that she can switch in and out really fast and can master a situation that well with her magic. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're right, Arnold, like, it's not flashy. Like, it's not like this ridiculous armor um, that, like, explodes. It's not like a Gundam, you know? <laughs> that's big in your face um i always find it interesting how they do incorporate armor into different things and i think one thing that dustin brought up the other day was how ruby incorporates armor the the cg animated <laughs> series by rooster teeth um, yeah oh, man i have not seen that thing in like in a minute <laughs> it's pretty good so far um i'm 
Captain oh, Spacer. did you ever? Oh, I don't know if you bring that up. Never mind. What were you going to say? Uh, the actor who plays Crow. Oh, well, we is already. Is still voice acting or no, not? No, Vic is gone. Yeah. So Vic is the same okay. person that does Broly's voice. Um, oh, damn. <laughs> I don't know who they're going to get, who they got for Crow. Yeah, they got somebody already. Um, he's, I've heard he's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a second because I'll probably yeah, always... instantly notice that Vic's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, in Ruby, they don't have traditional armor typically. They have, um, what's it called? Very stylized outfits. And then aura, which aura, is like, yeah, yeah. aura, which is like your ability to basically. It's basically like an outer shell. Yeah, basically you for those of your... you, For those of you who watch Hunter Hunter, it's their nin. They um they put their nin shell around. They're literally, I I would be dumbstruck if the creators of Ruby did not blatantly oh, take I'm that from Hunter. What do you mean? That's original content. <laughs> that like that oh, is come on, man. It is legit an entire two episodes in Hunter Hunter explaining. What that even shell. is a Hunter Hunter? Is that a type of Naruto? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you might as well have been like, <laughs> you should have been like, is what is that? What is a Hunter Hunter? Is that a Naruto? Is it one of those Bankai that you guys be watching? Is that a Pokemon? Is that a Pokemon? Is that a Pokemon? That's a Pokemon? Um, it's a joke, people. Um, I have in fact seen Hunter x Hunter. Yeah, Hunter Hunter is, so we actually talk about these two side, um, um, side by side. So, Dustin, keep going about Aura. Sorry, I cut you off there. Oh, yeah. Aura is, um, yeah, rather than having, like, specialized armor in that series, they, uh, through training, basically project their, for lack of a better term, it's really either, like, you might compare it to magic or or their key, depending on how you want to look at it. It's like, yeah, an invisible barrier. Yeah, basically. So that's the way they explain how characters in that show take falls from super high heights and take hits from giant robots and things like that at times without uh ill effect is that and it's also used for for some tension at some points is like i think there's a fight at one point where somebody aura is diminishing and it's like oh no they're gonna be vulnerable there mm-hmm. yeah yeah um like the how do i put it um it is what's referred to, if I think correctly, um, it is the same as Rin and the Nin cycle of Hunter Hunter. And I always find them interesting side by side because they're both ways of allowing these characters to be durable and take damage while still looking good. So, like, I feel it's the, the art designers in direction... Um, <laughs> When making um, both Hunter Hunter and um, and Ruby to allow them to draw really cool looking characters without bulky armor, but keeping that that remember when we were talking about the anime G spot, um, and so like <laughs> no, one, I do not remember this. One of the things of <laughs> that was probably I was probably not there. <laughs> oh. We have recordings that say you were, um, but, um, <laughs> but like you know, in anime, you can get you can get slammed by a truck and get back up. 
And people always are like, how is their skin so resilient? Well, Rin and Hunter Hunter and Aura and Ruby are literally those explanations given, Mm -hmm. like, lore in the world. Um, I always find it interesting because it does put um, a little bit of um, uh, a greater intensity um, to situations. More so in Ruby because Rin almost becomes like chakra um walking in naruto um where it's really big and introduced early on and then it just happens naturally um Mm. but there's always like that constant where they take a big enough hit and ruby and you can see their like aura shatter and you're like oh crap now they're exposed now they're like an actual human now like Mm -hmm. they can be harmed (laughs) So I always think that's interesting. Oh uh, no! Now there's blood sausage explo- is exposed. <laughs> <laughs> the sausage is out the fridge. Uh, <laughs> I'll stand here a while. You start coughing up too much blood. <laughs> um, if you I, don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to previous episodes. Yes, and <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about as far as Rin and Aura, watch Ruby and Hunter Hunter. Both are very good series. Um, I have not caught up with the latest season of Ruby because I like to binge watch that series. I was given a stupid spoiler via my um, Google because my um, my local FBI agent felt the need <laughs> to. He's see. like, "Oh man, have you seen this shit?" He said, yeah, well, "Look at you." I told Dustin a prediction that I thought would happen. That prediction has come true. Um, but don't I tell me. In a thousand I'm not spoiled yet. I, I, well, I told him to told it to him vaguely anyway, um, but mm. the prediction has come true because I saw a screenshot and I was like, "This is stupid," but whatever. Um, but like, yeah, um, it is. It's one of my more inter. It's one of the things that interests me more as far as armor goes. Um, mm-hmm. Another interesting form of armor, in my opinion, is hockey in One Piece. Oh, yeah. Um, that is a really interesting one because it becomes such a significant like plot point at some points. Yeah. And um, hockey, for those of you who don't know, is basically like One Piece's like, um, um, spiritual force. Like every anime has one. Um, but... Um, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, it is, I think it's also important that unlike a lot of other, it's not there from the beginning. It is, but it's not emphasized as something everybody right. uses like in Dragon Ball or... As a, as, a matter of, yeah. as a matter of fact, hockey in One Piece is there the whole time. But, in fact, it's in uh, the very first chapter. Yes, it's in the very first chapter. As a matter of fact, one of the strongest forms of hockey is in the very first chapter. But we just don't know it's that. We don't know what it is, and it kind of sets up really high thing. I think it's called the um, um, Hal Shoku hockey. No, I may have butchered that, but that's the strongest one. That's where you, that's where you basically stare at someone and you give them the old fuck sauce. Like it's like you stare at them and they leave. Like the, some series, it's like the the killing intent. The killing sort of. intent, um, um, Retsu, in Bleach terms, um, 
our intense chakra output in Naruto, um, our power levels in Dragon Ball. But um, in, the one we're referring to, though, is the um, Busoshoku Haki, um, which is the the one where you basically take your energy and make your body or a piece of item around you armored. Um, most people will see that when um, Luffy makes his arm black and he does like the um, the amplified form of the jet pistol. And I always find that interesting because it's not an armor that's always on. It's something that has to be consciously done unless you're really high level, then it's almost subconsciously done. Um, it's, a, it's a different way to incorporate the use of armor, again, without making your characters wear a lot of armor um, in order to give them that extra form of protection. Um, as opposed to like, you know, your Master Chief who wears like a big bulking suit of armor. You know, or like your uh, space marines in Warhammer, who are basically defined by those gigantic, gigantic suits. suits. Yeah, like, and it's something to be said that if you embrace the armor of your characters, you can really make that character stand out and look like really, really, really good. Um, if that is your goal as the artist for that, mm-hmm. like if that's your goal, you can use that armor to amplify it. But if not, if you want your characters to look really good, you have to. Figure out a way to make them take damage without them um, being um, hurt. So, for instance, um, Demon Slayer, choosing a much more popular one, they have the little suits, the little demons um, suits. They aren't like indestructible, but they're more resistant than average clothing. Um, Naruto actually suffered from armor. Um, because one of the big things about Naruto was the artwork in the first first seasons when they were children. When they all had their own defined look and armor wasn't a really big thing. Um, then they started wearing more armor. But then all the armor looks basically like the the Chunin and Junin like, you know, armor. You know, it's not very distinctive. They all just wear vests. Um, to be fair though they're supposed to be ninjas they're supposed to pack light right but the premise of Naruto initially was not that they looked like ninjas you get what I mean and also they may have started yeah Naruto definitely didn't look like the fucking ninja and no one in his team did. Sakura no was wearing me. freaking I red. am my bright orange Well, I will blend know, in this dark background safety ninja. Well, we. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there with those two hand things for airplanes to see him <laughs> His jacket lights up when the light when light touches it. He wouldn't even need the lights. He could just use a kakebushin and like run the runway with Naruto's. <laughs> like just put a bunch of Naruto's, and then if they need light, you just hit Rasengan. It's like, um, I they yes, they become more stealthy clothing wise, but they get louder near the end of the season, like. I mean, near the end of the anime um, and manga. I always find that interesting. Um, I'm actually trying to think, now that we're talking about anime, like other anime that incorporate armor in a different way. That's like, it's there, it's clearly there. But is it being like amplified or not? I'm not sure if other anime do it, if you guys can think of one. 
No, I can't think of one. I can't either. For some reason, I'm trying to think. I'm going through almost. Say that one more time. I'm trying to think of anime that uses armor in a different way, but I feel like we got them all. But I could be missing one. We've got armor as a power. We've got armor without any. um, I guess armor. Oh well, doesn't guts have his wolf armor? Well, yes, but we won't get into that because Dustin's not there. Okay. I mean, I'm not either, so I'm How just saying from know? pictures. What? Oh, okay. I've seen pictures of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, his armor is very different. If you've seen fan art of it, but it's mostly his that, Guts that armor. Is, Guts's armor that he gets is more of a like D&D type armor. Mm. Berserk is honestly just... Did he roll a one and get the worst armor? It's more so he rolled a 20 on getting the worst armor. Mm-hmm. Ah. It's it's hard to so the best of the hard. worst. Yeah, it's oh, like when you when you when you get the save, but it ended up being a bad idea. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, natural you should have failed that, that shit. The DM really shouldn't have let you do. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and even then, Berserk is not what I would call like your traditional manga. It's more of mm. a Western taste of manga in my opinion um but yeah i think oh i keep forgetting the most iconic armor um saiyan armor which saiyan armor is like a super oh, shit yeah i just S- finished that part what the fuck <laughs> saiyan saiyan armor is actually a really hidden lore it's it's dark souls level of hidden lore. Yeah, yeah, so it comes up in like what, one scene. Oh, what again? Does it comes up in like what one scene? I think maybe two scenes. Well, like they talk about it in like chapters. two or three scenes. But Saiyans aren't the only people who wear them. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the entire Frieza force wears Saiyan armor or Saiyan styled armor. Mm-hmm. You know, insane armor clearly is designed after like some kind of space Spartan looking armor. Um, the legs. But don't you are... know it's more after football? You see those shoulder pads? <laughs> Arnold's very proud of that one. <laughs> but he's hey, not man. wrong. He's Who not said wrong? the jokes are for everyone? <laughs> I never said I was a fucking comedian now, did I? <laughs> He's like, you guys came here to laugh? Fuck you on. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's not wrong, though. Like, the shoulder pads are gigantic, but the Saiyan armor is worn by so many people in Dragon Ball. Um, and it, they don't say much about it, but it adds a large portion of protection to it. Like, it can withstand, like, energy blasts and stuff like that. Um, so when it's pierced at certain points, um, like... It's a big deal. Like, they wear this armor for training. Vegeta never stops wearing this armor. Yep. Like, yeah, and then, like, when he gets to Earth and he didn't have any more, makes him some more. Yeah. He wears it, and it, it, it adjusts for um, body type. Mm-hmm. It's a really... It's stretchy. In, yeah, it's, it's very like stretchy. It's, like, elastic, but also... I think he said rubbery, too. He described yeah. it as. Yeah. It's really it's like rubbery, but it's really durable. It's very strange. And in the yeah. Cell Saga, all the Saiyans wear it. Yeah, Bulma makes them a bunch of it. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball has interesting takes on armor because for the most part, since they're martial artists, they don't wear much of it. 
Um, yeah, a lot of the clothing is actually more the fact that the weight of training clothes mm-hmm. that makes people weaker instead of stronger. Yeah, yeah, they take off their power increases come from like taking off armor and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, anime. That's funny because when we started this episode, I thought we'd be more on video games with armor, but anime does mm-hmm. armor in a really, really interesting way. Yeah, different. We could have way. like JoJo where there is no armor. Well, see, JoJo takes it... That's so... JoJo is a different thing altogether, and it's actually something I've been wanting to have an episode on, which is the vulnerability factor in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that people almost forget, but at the same time they remember it. Because in JoJo, the reason stand battles are so intense are usually because it's a game of chess, cat and mouse, in, like... Like the Russian roulette. Like, because the first person who messes up dies. Yeah, it, there's some very, very swift insta-fights when somebody makes a mistake. Yeah, and, and, and it's really weird to sell JoJo's fights because unlike traditional anime, a JoJo fight doesn't have you bouncing around the place for like two episodes and then someone gets in one solidary punch that doesn't even kill the person. No, in a JoJo's fight, it's the equivalent of like playing a chess match and there are two revolvers placed next to each of your heads and whoever's king gets knocked down first the gun goes off. Like, that's essentially what it is. And it's like the most intense battles, in my opinion, are JoJo battles. Because I love One Piece. But One Piece is anything, if not predictable, at least in battle terms. It's Um, also sometimes hard to tell in One Piece because of how damage is handled. Like, whether somebody is actually grievously injured or not. Yeah. Yes, because um, Oda has a tendency to be like, yeah, that guy just got like, well, it's, it should be dead, but he's not. He'll be back later. Oda does a lot of intense things, and also he doesn't kill a lot of things, and so yeah. you never know what's dead because you'll see like you'll see. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's dead, and then they'll be like, oh yeah, that guy, he's he's on his way here. You'll see Goro. Not, I was gonna say Goro. You'll see Zoro goes straight through like four people, sheath his katanas, blood splatters everywhere, and then their boss will come up to them later, like who defeated you, and they'll be like, Rona. Meanwhile, Mihawk come with his toothpick, fucks up Zoro with one hit. Mihawk. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're gonna do an episode on anime badasses. Mihawk is definitely up there. <laughs> People, if you don't look at One Piece for anything else, go to Mihawk. Mihawk! I'm gonna spoil this, because fuck you guys, this anime's old. Okay, and this happens in the first like season of One Piece. Mihawk is on a, a dinghy. Like, he's on like a little boat raft. And there are several marine level ships in his way he says move and they don't move so you know what he does he takes he takes a little dagger like it's like mind you Mihawk has a sword on his back 
than is the sword that's bigger than him. It's bigger than him and almost bigger than a boat. He does not use that sword. He takes a knife off of his like necklace. Necklace, yeah. It's like a cross necklace. It's like a cross necklace. Um and he just slashes. And he destroyed Oh yeah, by the way, he's not near these ships. He slashes in the general direction of the ships. He splits both ships and sails through them. <laughs> he yep. does not bat an eye. Mihawk is one of the best like displays of power in oh, anime. Yeah. And One Piece does that well. Like, hands down, one of the best ways to display power is in One Piece. Because... Mm-hmm. They will show you enough to get you interested and not show you anymore. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's neither here nor there with armor. That was a tangent. I'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ways armor is handled. I know in video games, um, when it comes to often armor... Upgrade. What again? No, so I said often in video games, it's more like the thing you unlock. The way you progress is getting better armor. Yeah. It's Sometimes... That's, sorry, go ahead, James. No, no, you go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, sometimes just in stats, sometimes it's more abilities. Like, one thing that always stands out to me for armor-wise is the one I know you will you can talk about, too, is uh, the Mega Man X series. Yes. And the different different armor pieces and looking for those, which are entirely optional, except in 6, which is a bad a bad game. Mega Man X series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say Mega Man does that really well. That was the reference, everybody, at the beginning of the episode when I said Dustin. Mega Man actually go catch. Anyway. Um, so, um, the in Mega Man X, they do it really, really well. I think it's really cool that it's an incorporated side quest to find mm-hmm. more armor. Um, I was thinking, when we was thinking about Aura and stuff, I think another game that does armor really well is the Mass Effect series. Mm-hmm. I know I'm probably one of the few people... In the podcast that has like played most of the Mass Effect series, I'm not sure. I've not played any. Really? Please enlighten me. Oh, well, little Arnold, let me tell you about the next game that's going to have all of your attention. Um, oh no, man! I know. I I I I I can almost say for certain you will at least play the first one, if not two. Um, and because it, it's on PC, um, and Ooh, it's usually okay. on cheap, um. In Mass Effect, you have what's known as the Mass Effect fields, and you your suits incorporate it. So you have your standard military space outfit, and then you have like a bubble shield around your body. Um, and you get hit by all the lasers, and it kind of ripples out. And then once you um, your armor goes off, which it can rejuvenate, your, your vitals get hit. And so it's like an incorporation of both old school shooting mechanics, um, but also new school ones because you can't recover health, but you can recover your shield. Um, and the only way you can recover health is by like using health and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. kind of like Master Chief. Yeah, like yeah. original Master. Like Chief. original Master Chief. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because he did not get those health back. Mm-hmm. Later on, they decided to make it. Some Master fun. Chief said, "What the fuck are these crosses?" Get these off of my guns. Boy, when you play the original Halo on legendary mode, there can never be enough health packs. <laughs> Especially in the levels with the flood. Good grief. Oh my god. The oh god, dude. The fuck the flood. I ever tell you guys I had like nightmares of the flood when I first played that game? Oh, yeah. I did too. Ooh. 
No, so here's here's the I have a I have a story. Story time about the flood. I got Halo in middle school. A very hold on. By the way, the flood. If people don't know, if they've never played Halo, are pretty much the zombies in Halo. No, because zombies you can deal with. Think think of the flood as well. They're kind of like zombies, except they're like parasitic think, in nature. Yes, think of if the cold was also a parasite, and it was big, and it was sentient, and if it got on you, you would turn into a a a, a husk zombie that could then also turn into a birthing chamber to make more flood. Yeah. Well, that, that I don't think that happened in one. I think that happened in three. Two and three. Maybe, maybe. All I, I, can... I remember, oh, I remember specifically in two, actually. If you didn't destroy the entire body and one of those little fuckers found the body, it, they'd come back to life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll bring it back. Um, I When I first played Halo, um, I had just gotten to the library, but I couldn't play in the library because it was like, time to go to school the next day so i had to go to sleep i come to school and my friend at the time in middle school he walks up to me he points to me he says have you seen them and i say who he was like have you seen them in halo and i say no why are you being weird and he's like <laughs> he's like you will see them tonight <laughs> And I go, what the fuck? This is in the morning, mind you. So all day, I'm sitting here in class. Like, what is he talking about? I get home, I say, I don't know what he's talking about. This level's just dark. Okay, well, this guy's kind of crazy at this door. He keeps screaming about stuff. Why did he shoot me? Whatever. Walk in the door. Then they show you a cutscene. And they dramatize this cutscene perfectly. And they're like, they're like, these people weren't killed by the Covenant, which is your enemy at the time. They oh, God, I by, forgot about that. They were killed by something else. And then the scene cuts, and you hear, do, do, and you turn, and the door you came out of that's chamber-locked by science and technology is ripped asunder by the laws of nature. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you say, Fuck! Your first reaction, if you're a logical and smart human being, which I was at the time, is to unload your entire clip at the door. <laughs> what you soon find out is that your entire clip does nothing. <laughs> entire clip is not enough. You were not prepared. And so you you then run through the rest of the level as these creatures are coming out literally the walls. And like, you you don't have enough ammo. There's not enough health. You don't know where to go. It is terrifying. Dude, I actually remember getting stuck on that level for over almost two hours because I did not know where to go. I remember when I got out of that level. It was the first time in video games where I ever experienced true human relief. Like, (laughs) I felt liberated. Like, I was like, put me on the ship, guys. We gotta go. <laughs> like, we got to get up out of here. And it's a certain... Oh my goodness, we need to do an episode on Halo. Because it's a perfect way for why you create such a bond with um, Guilty Spark. 
We'll get into that later. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry about that. for new episodes. Sorry that we're like getting all this episodes ideas. Oh, so, so many tangents. So many tangents. Oh, I, I don't apologize for the tangents. Uh, you all come here for the tangents. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> come here for the tangents. You maybe, don't come for the football. Maybe cover what we're talking. You come for the football commercials. <laughs> really, it's what it's all. It's really kind of what it's like. It's like Super Bowl commercials. As yeah. I said in my anime, Brandon Spencer de Tekiresogirismas. Uh, or however they say it. I'm gonna, gonna look at the exact wording, but it's basically they would say it at the beginning of every anime. They'd be like, this anime is sponsored by. It was always great. And I heard it so many times as a child. It was like the first form of Japanese I memorized. Um, <laughs> I still don't know exactly what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> like. Yeah, so I think that covers armor. Another pun. Um, like, <laughs> unless you guys can think of anything, I'm, I'm racking my brain here. I'm trying. To um, something else about armor is it's always interesting to me how it's sometimes a balancing factor in some games, like RPGs, especially. Ooh, yeah. Go that, that armor is um, for some games, like it's, uh, I think it started with D and D, honestly, but some games armor. The good armor is restricted to the classes that don't have a lot of fancy tricks otherwise. So mm. that, like, mages, for example, often get crummy armor in a lot of games. Because yeah. they have so much so much good, so many good tools otherwise that giving them good armor would be like... Armor almost becomes a specialty for some classes. It is. It's definitely a balancing act in the sense of, like, what you're saying. I think it also creates this source of community amongst the players. So you have your heavy armor guy in the front who's going to protect you and doesn't deal as much damage as your light armor people in the back line. But then the light armor people in the back line can supply a lot of damage and stuff to the right. enemies. Um, it's kind of what they want to design in League of Legends, but they forgot that people are playing this game. And so <laughs> you don't get your good front line and your oh, good man. attackers in the back. Echo is definitely going to go full AP. Wait, what? This Echo went full tank and still doing half my damage. Oh, fuck that. I mean, almost to the degree that, like, in, <clears throat> in armor and League of Legends, well, there's a whole sentence around that because armor in League of Legends is useless. Um,. But um, armor and um, tanks in League of Legends are supposed to be traditionally like you would in a standard D&D setting. You know, they, they deal out CC, they get in the front, they supply the chain. But because there's so many champions and because so many people want to play the cool ones, one, there's not a lot of tanks that people play. But even then when people play, it takes a lot of synergy amongst your team to, mm -hmm. to allow for your tanks to take the brute and then trust that your your squishies are going to then deal out the damage because mm -hmm. it's an ego fest in League of Legends. I would say if you play a D&D &D game with anybody, you will be able to find out who is not taking like part in the community-based combat. Like mm -hmm. if you got a um, barbarian or you got a paladin who sits in the back, your squishies will die. And people oh, yes. will know because I've, I've ran sessions with people where I have seen the tank sit in the back and calculate what to do as the wizard is about to get destroyed by an owlbear. And <laughs> I... Specifically an owlbear. Like, yeah. 
I remember. Um, <laughs> and I am one of those DMs that I will. I am very friendly and fair, but I will allow the players to create their own consequences. And if your paladin does not want to protect you, I'm sorry, little wizard. I'm about to eat you. Um, <laughs> because one, it creates conflict amongst players, and I feel that conflict amongst players actually helps the team grow. But um, if it's done constructively, to, to, to aspiring DMs out there, please don't create chaos just to screw your players over. If you don't know what you're doing, just just make a happy-go-lucky um, shonen-styled. Um, <laughs> you must game. find all the Dragon Balls. Man, I'd play that. <laughs> I would, too. I'd play a Dragon Ball um, tabletop. I I totally would. That'd be cool. That that I, I'm gonna do some stuff when we get off. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think balancing is a big issue is a big factor when talking about JRPG style or just RPG styled um, systems when it comes mm-hmm. to armor. It's yeah. a pretty significant thing. MMOs are that way. JRPGs are that way. Tabletops. Tabletops. Yeah. It's a big, big factor. Um, yeah, something to consider. Arnold, you got any more extra takes on armor and the, the nerd scope? Well, when it comes to... Uh, I'm going to bring it to a specific game, Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. I just hate how all the best-looking armor in that game have some of the worst resistances in the game. <laughs> oh, yes. All the bosses are like dragons, and they deal out the specific dragon damage, but all of the armor they give out are weak to this fucking dragon. <laughs> so oh, here yeah, I am yeah. <laughs> with my tier 7 armor. I can't wear that tier 10 armor. Nah, dude, I'm going to die in two hits. <laughs> this tier 10 armor, though... I, I ain't gonna die by no dragon hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a weird thing when you get that that conflict of like functionality versus fashion when yeah. it comes to armor. That's it's true. Not the, like the 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 chainmail bikini earlier. It's like this armor looks really cool, but the stats aren't good. Yeah, because like okay, my favorite armor in the game is the Odegaron armor. Um. Um, it's made by the Red Dog, for those of you who don't know, in um, Monster Hunter World. Um, I literally, it took me like three days to get that armor. Or maybe a week. I don't know. I need that one gym. That shit was hard. That one gym would not drop from Odegaran. Because oh, I man. wanted this particular Odegaran armor suit. You could get the other one without it. But I wanted the really badass looking one for my girl. And so... Um, I got her whole suit, and it is still to this day my favorite suit of armor in that entire game because it is slick. It looks badass. She's not naked. Um, like she has a midriff going on, but there's like a black mesh kind of mm. like armor thing going on, so you can't like really. There's not really skin. Um, right. And she looks badass, and. It prevents, like, the bleeding and everything like that from the creature. I always did find, like, kind of what Arnold said. Like, I always found it funny that the armor that you get helps you fight the monster you've already murdered a thousand times. 
And so you're kind of like, what? It's like they could learn a little bit from the Mega Man house of game design sometimes yes. in terms of like giving you a monster to fight to go fight another monster. Yes. Um, monster Hunter has a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of area to grow, but I also think by design they want to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's really, really, really weird in that sense. Um, on the note of really difficult like armor acquisitions, um, no one's mentioned Dark Souls or the Blood Blood Souls uh, yeah. or any of the Souls type series where armor armor to me in those games are actually comical. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you can't benefit from armor in the games, you clearly can't. I've made a sword and board character, but my first time playing through Dark Souls, I made. Don't ever do this for your first time going through Dark Souls, everybody. I made a dual wielding katana dex build. Mm. My character wore nothing but light armor. Yes, Dark Souls Elitist. He's a filthy dex user. And she had two katanas. (laughs) I thought it was like you were an elitist because you could play the game with dex. No. Huh. I don't know. I'm not part of that club. Um... (laughs) But like, um, like when I first played all the way through Dark Souls, I beat the game with two katanas, um, and a dex build. I think I had a flame sword in and a lightning sword. I think you also used the pyromancy where you were dying, but you also got more damage. No, I didn't. I didn't touch pyromancy until two. No, you you had that spell where like you you your health was draining. But you take damage. Or you, you deal a lot extra damage. That was the one pyromancy I remember you telling me about. I did? Yeah, because I remember you showed me it at the... Um... You sure I didn't show you it on two? No. That was the one. Because I, 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 I remember... You may be specifically, right. I, was... I don't recall having pyromancy as that katana build, but you may be right. I don't know. I was drunk. I'm just kidding. I wasn't. But like, um, um I don't but, know, man. You're you were a different person back then. I was a different person back then. I was a much more reckless gamer. Uh, <laughs> now I've refined my, um, um, shoot, hold on. Yeah, I was going to say something anime style, something cool. No. I um, my huddle has been refined, or my. My key trained your aura. My aura, my aura has been manifest. My hockey is better now. Um, but yeah, like I did a dex build and I got through that whole game without armor. And if you just learn to slip and slide, um, same kind of can kind of be said for the actual game design in Bloodborne. Um, I always just find armor in these games to be silly because if you meet the wrong creature, or if you are, if you hesitate or mess up one second you're gonna die anyway (laughs) the armor does nothing yeah yeah for the most part for the most part um well i feel that's true for dark souls 3 i don't know about one and two Mm -hmm. because then uh i in dark souls i don't know any other game that does it but in dark souls there's a mechanic called poise and heavier armor had more poise, so what poise uh, uh, did was you're less likely to flinch by get when you got hit uh-huh. by like a deadly blow or like a heavy blow. So like um, example, 
at the beginning of this episode when James talking about me being that gray guy Snorlax with that big club. Mm. Um, <laughs> there's a, there's this um, enemy you meet called Havel, and his entire armor set is made out of rock. Nothing else. It's mm. rock held up by chains. Wow. I wonder how fucking fit that man was. <laughs> and his weapon of choice... Yeah, fuck. His weapon of choice is just not anti-club. No, no, no. It's a bone fucking tooth. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's wow. true. Like, it's it's... His armor is so weird. Like, the armor in the game is so strange. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Hey, man. Ryan Rock today, feeling pretty good. Might delete this pick later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say... But, but, but what I was saying was... um, like, But yeah, like his armor would make you almost never flinch. But in Dark Souls 3, they actually got rid of that mechanic almost entirely. Yeah, I think so, they wanted to have people move more. Yeah, th- they were trying to like take a page from Bloodborne. Yeah, they they and, were kind of side by side. Design. Except, I feel like that honestly didn't really work well. Because no, it didn't. Bloodborne was all about, hey man, wearing like the Victorian ages. We gotta be wearing these leather jackets or these these suits. Well, not even that. Bloodborne's mechanic combat design is around high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. So you you want to stick. <laughs> I was going to say that the, the metaphor of, not the metaphor, the saying of, you want to stick your dick in crazy. <coughs> but um, because, like, you want to, like, you want to go into the fray and, like, possibly end up messed up because you get high reward and you get, like, healing back almost mm-hmm. at times. As opposed to Dark Souls, including in 3, even though the combat is more high pace in Dark Souls 3, there's not methods to to benefit from going back into the fight. You know? Uh, Are there? I didn't play much of Dark Souls 3. I re- literally got bored in the first level. There is. There's items that if you continuously hit people, you do more damage and stuff like that. Is the is it a lot or is, is that the core mechanic, though, is what I'm saying? Well, it depends on your, your fighting setup. That's not going to benefit someone who's using a greatsword. You swing slow as fuck. But am I incorrect in saying that in Bloodborne, they urge you to keep fighting? Well, in Bloodborne, there's an actual, like, um, incentive. That's what I mean. Of I'm getting my health back. Right, that's what I mean. There's um, an incentive in Bloodborne to keep fighting as opposed to Dark Souls 3, where you can create that, but the game does not create that for you, if that makes sense. It's not by the design of the game to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see what you mean. I think there's only, like, one boss that does Right, and that's what I kind of mean, is that Dark Souls 3 does not incentivize you to keep fighting if you don't want to. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's interesting. I would also say one more gaming note on armor <laughs> um, is that in Octopath Traveler, mm-hmm. one of my favorite games, even though I played it for over 100 hours and I never want to touch it again because it's so long, oh my god, um... They have an armor system for your enemies, and it's only on your enemies where you can break them, where you do enough of their 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 weaknesses that you break the enemy, 
And normally, if you don't break the enemy, your damage is almost one-third of its strength. But when you break them, you do almost two times your normal damage to that enemy. And it also breaks up their turn and changes what happens. And it keeps them from attacking for a full turn. So there's a lot of strategy involved in Octopath Traveler, in my opinion. Octopath Traveler has one of the best, if not the best, JRPG battle system I have ever played. Um, it is amazing. Like, out of the 100, like 15 hours that I've played of that game, the first 80 of them were still fun in the battles, no matter what. But, I will say that, like, that was always the really, really, like, um, like, interesting caveat was how they did the, the armor in the game. In my opinion. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, I think that's a good wrap up of armor. Yep. This Lots went of on approaches. so much Lots longer than I ways. thought. Oh, sorry. What were you saying, Dustin? <laughs> I said so lot of different approaches, uh, both graphically and also mechanically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought we covered some good stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, some good points. So, we definitely have some interesting ideas to tackle for our next episodes. Got some interesting anime ideas. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Can so, hear the notes there. Oh yeah, I I always have notes, people. Um, So, I would like to say, for all the people who've been listening, we have a good number of people. Um, Thank you. The number has gotten a lot larger. Um, We have expanded to SoundCloud, but that's not by much, because SoundCloud has a lot of issues. Um, with there's getting your stuff to jump through, unless you want to pay money. Yeah, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, and we're still tiny. We haven't like started like a Patreon or nothing, so we have no money. Um, but like, yeah, I'm trying to expand it so more people can have access to it. But the ones who have been listening, thank you. I would like to say thank you to um, two of our number one fans. They know who they are. I won't mention names. Y'all know who y'all are. Um, I like to say thanks for listening and that you guys find it entertaining. We got our first email. Um, I won't mention from who, not on the podcast, but thanks for the email. And for everyone that's kind of like, you know, listening in to some weirdos talk about weird stuff. We are, again, the Key Adams Podcast. You guys can find us on Spotify and iTunes and the SoundCloud. Um, given on SoundCloud, you can only have one episode. So if you like your first taste, you can get your supplemental shipments through Spotify and iTunes. And unlike, um, oh, what is that joke that, um, oh, Tim Rogers has a joke about crystal meth. He's like, crystal <laughs> meth. Not even once. It's really, it's really funny. Tim Rogers is funny. He makes me feel good. Um, but not about him right now. He's successful on Kotaku.com. He's been working in the game industry for like 20 years. Um, um, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes and SoundCloud. 
Um, our website is keyitems.squarespace.com. Um, and you can email us at unlock at keyitemspodcast.com. Let us know what you like to hear, your thoughts, just what you like about the show, what you don't like, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. Always and, feedback is welcome. Yeah, I'll be doing some weird stuff to the audio on the podcast down the line. Don't worry, it'll be fun stuff. I'm not going to like... Good weird stuff. In, yeah, not good weird, weird stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, until then, I am your host, James, and I am with... Dustin and Arnold and we will catch you later see ya see ya bye bye thank you for playing